My name is Darcy Carden. And I feel hopeful about being Conan O'Brien's friend. Fall is here, hear the yell, back to school, ring the bell, brand new shoes, walk and lose, climb the fence, books and pens. I can tell that we are gonna be friends. Hey there, and welcome to Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend. Normally done with all of us in the same room, but because of the coronavirus uh, pandemic, uh, I am in my home in Los Angeles. Sona Movsesian is joining us. What's this town called? Altadena. Altadena. It's not that far. It's an island in the North Sea, I believe. It's not an island. It's a small uh, Los Angeles-like suburb by Pasadena, so... So to get to work, I'm told you take a small cargo plane that's coming this way anyway. Is that right? I've asked everyone in Los Angeles. They don't know where Altadena is. I think you're making it up. Well, I don't think you know everywhere in L.A. Ask me where any place is and I'll tell you. Uh, Matt, you want to help me out? Where's Ladera Heights? Ladera Heights is if you take 134 through Las Calles Noches (laughs) and you go towards uh, Nachos Fritos, uh, you will eventually uh, come upon uh, what looks like Pomona. (laughs) but it's not Pomona. <laughs> and then you go through the deserts of uh, Chacos Robles. So don't question my authority. But anyway, Sona, is it true that when you go home at night, you have to stop and change currency? Is that true? <laughs> it is not true that I have to change currency. That's absurd. That's All right, absurd. well, I'm glad, I'm glad you found a home uh, that's closer to your, your birthplace of Armenia. So, oh, my uh, God. Oh, I'm, my God. I'm happy for it's- you north of Pasadena. There's uh, nothing north of Pasadena. There's no uh, there's no known map of anything north of Pasadena. It's just scrubland. Some adventurers have headed out that way to see what's up there, but they've never returned. And later their bleached bones were found at a store that bleaches bones. Uh, <laughs> Is that the new thing? Bone bleaching? Yeah. Uh, okay. I also want to make sure we mention uh, also joining us uh, remotely. And uh, often he's emotionally remote. Uh, so it, it all works. Oh. Matt, Matt Gorley. Yeah, I think I have to be emotionally remote to handle you sometimes. You oh. Know. oh, well, let's not do that. Let's try and be friendly. Uh, we are all in the midst of a pandemic, the worst since 1918. We all have to maybe drop our former ways of giving each other a hard time. So I've tried to set the right tone by correctly. <laughs> you said I took a cargo plane to work. That was a fact. How are you, Gorley? Uh, I'm good. I, I live in the city directly next to Altadena. It's not that far. Yeah. I've been to your house. It took like six days to get there. <laughs> I had. That's because you live somewhere near like Channel Islands. Quiet! I'll have silence. <laughs> God, it's so hard to be Stalin when all the people, all the people in your in the Politburo you're trying to have killed are on Zoom. That's what it feels like. <laughs> like. I'm so mad right now at Beria, but I can't kill him because he's on Zoom. That's what this it's feels like. It's a terrible time to be a dictator. Yes, you're saying. I'm a, a, a dictator filled with wrath who's used to being able to have people destroyed <laughs> immediately. But I'm just picturing that right now, like all the dictators in history, like Idi Amin or, Hit- <laughs> or Hitler or Stalin, and they're on Zoom. <laughs> And, and someone someone displeases them on on Zoom, and they're like, and they're saying like, "What? You? I want you to I want you to be shot." And people are like, "Wait, which one? That guy? That guy on the far right square?" Well, no, that's not my far right square. That's your on my computer. It's different. Which one are you talking about? That guy there who just said that? Shoot him! Shoot him immediately! Well, no, we're not at his house. Should I come in and have myself shot? No! That defeats the purpose. I'm dying. <laughs> I'll have you killed. I'll have you shot. All right. Aww. You can have that one, Saturday Night Live. Just cut me a check. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm here in my, uh, my study, my sanctum, if you will, where I go uh, and I think my thoughts. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> 
Gourley, let me inquire about your health because Sona's always healthy. She eats a lot of garlic. Yep. And she's always healthy. I've never seen Sona get sick ever. It's unbelievable. Well, now you jinxed me. No, I'm knocking. So I'm knocking you. wood. So okay. You, you, okay, yeah, good. Yeah. Okay, yeah. But, but yeah, Gourley, I'm how not- are you? I'm good. I try to get out and run or walk each day, but my mental health, I feel like I'm starting to slip. And this was like starting what? Like four years ago? At about the time I started this job, I think. How does it manifest itself that your mental health has slipped? I'm just talking to walls. I'm just looking out the window and just, I don't know, around nighttime is it when it hits because that's when it feels repetitive. And my wife and I are doing this, like keeping a pandemic journal and my penmanship has gone from really legible to stroke victim. Are you keeping a pandemic journal? I don't think that's healthy. I don't think that's a good idea. I think just for fun for, you know, if we have kids one day, you know, day 29. They're not going to read it. Your kids are not going to read your pandemic journal. You don't know my kids. That's something a great, great grandchild finds yeah, later on you know, in the trunk. I was just thinking that because I would read my great grandfather's Spanish flu journal. He died of the Spanish flu. I oh, guess is that true? I love, oh how that, I love how that cracked you up. That's why did, messed why, up. Why did you laugh? You went, oh, my grandfather, he, he died of the 1918 virus. I laughed because, <laughs> because he obviously couldn't have written a journal. Yeah, he could have. He could have been keeping a journal, and then the last page was like not feeling great, and then the line just goes down. the The ink just goes down in a straight line. Aww. It gets worse. My mom just told me that he got up to shave one day and just died. Oh, I think he didn't die of the flu. <laughs> Why do you say that? That doesn't sound right at all. As a non epidemiologist, I'm going to say a guy doesn't just sit up in bed and say, "Well, time for a shave." <laughs> la, da, 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 da. Oh no, flu, clang, eek, dead. That does, none of that sounds right. A lot of the stories in my family are apocryphal, so who knows what really happened. I think he had a shaving accident. It could be. I keep a journal. Matt, I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. Too, you keep so. a journal? I've been keeping one. I write one line a day in a five-year journal thing that I have. And I bought it with you, actually, in Minneapolis when we were on uh, tour. I bought this... Five-year journal, and every day you write one line. That's the laziest journaling I've ever heard of. <laughs> it is really <laughs> lazy, but it's it's cool. It's a good way of like- Did you buy that journal in the Minneapolis museum that we went to? I did. And I believe I paid for everything. Jesus. Yes. Yes, I did. I yeah. paid for that journal. That was a gift, yes. and I'm still waiting for a thank you. I said thank you. What are you talking about? I want another one. Are you? No, you're not getting another one. I don't think you can name one thing in your life that hasn't come from my good graces. God. <laughs> God. Oh, my God. Can we please introduce our guest? <laughs> oh, my God. No, there's no time for a guest today. You know what the sad thing is, is when you said that, I was like, uh, and then I honestly could not think of anything. <laughs> I tried. I was going to say, well, my husband, but I met my husband because of the show. Yep. <laughs> I'm responsible for everything in your life. Uh, I bought and named your dog. No, you did not. This is crazy. Thanks for that journal, Conan. No problem, Sona. And you know what? Don't even mention it. Oh, (laughs) oh, you're the worst. (laughs) We can't mess around too much because we have uh, just a lovely guest today, uh, someone I adore. I want to point out that the interview I did with her was taped well before the pandemic, as many of these interviews uh, have been. So um, just make that clear. And I don't remember, but there might have been some point in the interview when she says, ha ha, there'll never be a pandemic. It's not her fault. Uh, (laughs) My guest today is an extremely talented actress who played Janet on the hit NBC series, The Good Place, now stars alongside Bill Hader in the HBO series, Barry. I am thrilled she's with us today. She really is a delightfully funny person. Darcy Carden, welcome. You know, I feel like we already are friends because we've hung out. You've been to my house several times. Thank you for inviting me. Uh, you weren't invited. What? Remember? <laughs> you came in once through, knock, the ba- once through the bathroom window. <laughs> you pretended to be a FedEx person once. Uh, we, uh, I, it was really sweet the time that we first formally met because uh, I know that we had had some encounters right. before then, which we'll get to, but you were at a piano recital that uh, my daughter takes part in, and you had been on The Good Place at that point for, right. I think, two seasons or something. That sounds right. And my two kids, 
absolutely adore that show. And that's, and that's the show that we can all watch together. There aren't many. Right. It's that and Narcos. Because uh, <laughs> um, I want them to know of how course. to uh, sell drugs and how to make the most money off of You're it. You're a good dad. Yeah. And, and what to do when people, uh, with snitches get snitches. <laughs> but anyway, um, uh, the, uh, she always turns away when she's laughing and I'm saying, these are valuable laughs and then you act like you're, you're not you're, farting, those you're are laughing laughs. laughing silently. Sorry. We don't know she's not. She's yeah. cracking up. So silently. anyway. Uh, snitches get stitches. So anyway, um, so you, you show yeah. up and my, uh, it was as if Rose Kennedy saw the Pope. It was just like <laughs> my two kids melted down and couldn't believe it. And then this is uh, one of the sweetest things. And I love it when this happens in real life, especially for my children. They went up and my daughter met you and my son and you were the Darcy card and they wanted them to be mm. plus 60%. So oh, it was man. so nice. God, that's so nice. Well, your family is so lovely. All of them. Well, that's All over. All of the other it's, three it's, are. I'm not with them anymore. <laughs> Yeah, did you read the papers this morning? I don't read. Oh, no. <laughs> now I'm with Pam Anderson. <laughs> and we're going to be married for two days. Two days, right, right. Uh, yeah, well, I was pleased as punch to meet them. They were lovely, lovely. Um, you know, you, you've you raised two really cool Well, my wife, my wife, as you know, has gets 80% of the credit for that. Yeah. Uh, I think I've taught them a lot of foolishness yeah, right, and right. yes-anding and right. improv skills. And then the fact that they're decent human beings is my, <laughs> I mean, and polite and are smart. That's my wife. She but. absolutely rules. But you're you're pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, I know you're an asshole, but you're also great. Yeah, yeah. thank you. And I was really big in the '90s. <laughs> that, uh, that's out of context now. Yeah, that's unless true. they were recording. No, no. Just before we started recording, you were like, "Yeah, you can tell your kids someday I was big in the '90s," and I was like, "Fuck!" Ouch. The '90s. I swear to God, I was pretty famous into 2002. I know I made and it. And beyond. Let's come on. Okay, 2004. I was just ribbing you. No, I know. I know. It was wait, fun. what does ribbing mean? Oh wait, I was thinking rimming. No, I was right. <laughs> hold on. 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 Wait I a minute. Need, wait, what I this mean This never to came say up is, when my kids were around. Sorry. I knew, I meant to say ribbing, but as soon as I said ribbing, I was afraid I had said rimming or that they meant the same thing. Either way, I was just, I was just giving you the old <laughs> one, two. The old rim job. <laughs> anyway. Uh, sorry. The, um, <laughs> moving that. on now. And this is the one my daughter's going to insist on listening of to. Of course. Uh, <laughs> she's going to insist because when she found out that I was talking to you today, she was like, oh my God, there is a card. We're Actual friends. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, but you know, um, in your role uh, on The Good Place, so hysterically funny. And, I, and, and because it's such a nice cast, because the people are so nice, I was really impressed. We did a cast show with yeah. all of you guys. Kristen Bell was, is such a lovely she, person. Yeah. But she like stopped the show and said, let's all talk about how amazing Darcy Carden is for like 10 minutes. Uh, I was annoyed because right, I had like, my own schedule and that was the 10 minutes I wanted to talk, talk about, about me. You. Yeah, right. <laughs> but, I saw the schedule. <laughs> my interview schedules are always talk about them, talk about Conan, talk about them, talk about Conan, talk about Conan. But anyway, um, and I thought, what, you know, star of a show does that? First of all, props to Kristen Bell for just being such a class person. Truly. But also- uh, it was merited because uh, your role, you, you, it was like this magical role where you're a robot that has to be all things at all times, right. which is the ultimate improv challenge. Right, right, Don't right. Don't you think? It, yeah, it was. It was such a, it's, I, when I started with that role of Janet, it was really stressful and I didn't know exactly how to do it, of course, because I didn't know what the hell it was. But yeah. it was, the writers just kept giving me these fun little weird sh things to do, shits to do, I almost said. And then, <laughs> and also just, you know, Mike Schur, who is so lovely, the creator yeah. of my world. <laughs> and uh, he um, is so collaborative and really was just kind of um, left it so much up to us. One of the things that was, was so fascinating about playing Janet is that- Yeah, tell me what was fascinating about playing Janet, Conan. <laughs> and I don't think you under, ever understood this, but you got to play your own alter ego. You right. got to play all these different versions of yourself. I don't know how Mike Schur un knew that you could do that. You know, from, you know what I mean? Like how does, that's kind of a Hail Mary pass right. to give to any actor. Right. And so somehow they knew, I think this person can do- pretty much everything we asked him well, to do. Jesus, thank you for saying that. It, I, it was a little bit like, I, I remember reading the Janet's episode, which was an episode where I had to play all of the characters. Like, I can't even explain it. I, you, you, yes, you I know, it. yeah. And it was almost like all of the, like, 
every time your parents told you they were proud of you, like it was all every great warm compliment, like rolled into one script because I was like, they think I could do this. Like this is this, this was getting that script was like the maybe best compliment of my life. It's too much for me to wrap my head around. Yeah, yeah. It is the nicest thing that has ever happened to me. Well, you know, what I wanted to talk about initially was this was a long time coming. I mean, there are people that get a break like this really early. Right. And I think uh, you- Are old. You got this break. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm just going to go on the record. Yeah. You are 66 years old. <laughs> and I look good. And you did a, you know, served our country in Vietnam. <laughs> very, uh, no, uh, you're still, of course, very young, but you- you got this, you didn't get this role like right, right. out of college. Right. This isn't something that just happened to you. Right. You had this whole other life where you weren't sure this was going to happen for right. you. That's the stuff that I always find fascinating. I, I have such clear memories of having those mornings or, you know, those sort of like where you take stock in your life. And I remember many times being like, whoa, I missed it. Like I thought my life was going to be this certain way. And things are fine and I'm happy and I'm doing some stuff, but like, I'm too old. Like, they're, like scientifically proven, you know, like I'm looking at all these people that I admire and I'm like, well, it happened for them when they were 22 and it happened for them when they were 27 and it happened for them when they're 30 and it's literally impossible for it to happen to me now, for me. So I had, I had a lot of days and moments like that. Sometimes it was sad and sometimes it was like, okay, well... Keep on, like, that's, it is what it is, and and this is your life, and, you know, keep going. But that thing you thought was maybe going to happen, or even positive was going to happen, is absolutely not going to happen. To be honest, I think when I really, really came to terms with that, when I really uh, looked at my life and looked at where I was and looked at my age and what I had been through and my friends around me that had all sort of, you know, found success, and I had this moment of... But look at all the good things, you know, you get mm-hmm. to do, you get to perform at a comedy theater that you love. You love your husband, you love your family, you have great friends. There were, th- I had enough things where I was like, this is still a good life. It's just yeah. not the thing that you thought it was going to be. And then truly within like two months, I got the good place. I think there was something about maybe let not, and it was never like, uh, and now I'm going to quit acting or anything. It was more just like letting that mm, desperate, you know, notion, mm-hmm. this thing of wanting something so bad, letting that go. I completely uh, believe in that yeah. because I've been through that many times. Yeah. And then when you completely um, abandon it, not abandon it, but, but let it go. Like get, are at peace with it or something. There's yes. something where- you you set it down yes. or something. I don't know what the new age phrase would be. You set it down and you put it in a cherry wood box with is. burnished <laughs> edges, yeah. rounded edges and a copper, <laughs> copper <My> hinges. <laughs> Um, and then you shut it and it clasps. It has a nice little clicking sound right. when it closes. Get to it. Okay. <laughs> I wish you were in my head all the time. Just, just get to just it. Get to it. Just okay. Yeah. Was- I, I do think. Oh, maybe I want to take my cans off. No, maybe I want to keep them on. This is something that you cans should- is a term for headphones. Yeah. In case and you should keep this knew. in the podcast. Don't cut. Don't cut this part. No, no, no that it shows real humanity yeah, and right. also a little behind the scenes magic. <laughs> and that's just fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I do think that there is something about maybe it's like the desperation we have for whether it's relationship or you know career like letting that go that is actually more attractive whatever yes yeah yeah you're putting out there's some charged ion that comes off of you when you're desperate for something to happen that repels it and we are scientists. Well, I am. I don't, I don't you? know about you, but I am a graduate of the Lawrence Livermore Labs. And so am I. And a, a great. I didn't see you there, but well, I. I'm much, much younger than you. No, oh, I'm really? actually not. I'm not. I you have are. no idea how old you are. You Let's are. not talk about age. Okay, I promise you, you're a lot younger than me. Okay. I've preserved very well, and I've had a lot of treatments, <laughs> radical treatments. I believe that. Yeah. No, I don't. You, you look perfect. Thank you. That's it's, it's good work. They did. Um, but you know, it's funny. I wanted to bring up that in your odyssey to find your way, yeah. you told me once that you encountered me yeah. one or two times uh, when I was, you know, doing the the late night show yeah. in New York because that's where you were. Right. 
And I was like, oh, that's, I mean, being a narcissist, I want to know sure. what was it Every like to detail, bump into me? Right. Uh, uh, but also, no, just it was, I'm always, like, if I meet someone on the subway, I will I will try to get them to laugh. Right, right, right. <laughs> in an annoying way. Deeply who you are. So I'm, so I was curious, like, huh, was I, uh, was I doing shtick with right, you, you when you, when I met you? Then, I mean, what were you doing when we met? I, here's the thing. I, I, uh. I don't know if I can look at you while I'm even saying this, but like your, your, um, when you got on TV, mm-hmm. your show was so important to me oh. as a, as somebody who had, was, you know, kind of figuring out her comedic voice. And it was, it was so, um, formative. Is that the word? Like it, it made me a little bit, um, who I am. And it was such a, it's as if it was a, okay, words are gone, but I know how to explain this. Like people that liked your show, it was almost like probably like maybe Monty Python or something where it was like the people that liked Monty Python, you're like, oh great, we speak the same language. Mm -hmm. That's what Conan was for me and the people that I found the funniest in my life. Um, You know, I used to like VHS tape it. I I would tape it and then watch it over and over like a little psycho. And then transfer that to a papyrus. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) On a scroll, an ancient scroll. Um, It was the first of its kind for me. I, you know, we had seen comedians on TV forever, but this was like, oh, this is for me. My age, my, what I find funny, me and my friends. Um, And it was, it was, it made us who we are for real. And then when I was a when I was in New York after college and I was doing improv and my life was, you know, was doing improv shows and rehearsals at night for free. And then I worked at a interior design, a fancy, because you're a rich man. Well, <laughs> I, I was. I invested badly. <laughs> but I was. Before was... I fucked around with Bitcoin. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, yeah, interior design. my, my wife and I uh, got an apartment and someone said, you have to get, you have to know what you're doing. Right. You can't, I thought we can just go to Ikea. And yeah. someone was like, no, 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 this <laughs> no, is no, like no. a nice apartment and you got to go. So we, we got the name of this uh, very good interior designer and we, we went to an office. I remember yeah. going to an office yeah. and you were working there. And I was right? the front desk, you know, I was like the office manager or whatever, even the receptionist is maybe a better word for it. And you came in. It was so, it, you know, it was, uh, the thing about seeing Conan, I'm talking to the audience now in person is there's no, like, <laughs> there's no mistaking him because <laughs> the man be tall, the man be thin and the man be red. So it's like, I've always said, it's like Big Bird from Sesame Street, putting on some dark glasses right, and trying to not, go clubbing exactly. and just be left alone. There's no, Big Bird, there's no what are you doing? It. Right. And you you walked into the office and I think um, the woman who owned this place and your wife were having a meeting because mm-hmm. they knew what they were talking about and you probably didn't. No, <laughs> well, I did not know. I did not know. And uh, and you hung out with me in the front office and you were so funny. And what I told you before is you were so Conan-y. You were exactly, <laughs> it was like what kind of what you're saying about what I was with your kids or whatever. Yeah, yeah, it was exactly. like you were perfectly who I hoped you would be. You were making jokes. You did like a little um, a thing when when you left where you like popped your head back in and went like, (laughs) (laughs) which as you know you can picture that right complete nonsense yeah 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 yeah. Yeah. like a a real Conan noise and um and it was great it was like a you know you meet um, heroes and you meet people that you're fans of and it doesn't always go well and sometimes they're having an off day or sometimes they're dicks or whatever but this was like a a lovely interaction well you know it's funny because I've had and you've probably had this since then and now what's cool is that these these things are secular now you've you've done that for my daughter and my son which is so neat you know and I I may have mentioned this before but when I was in college I got a chance to spend a day with John Candy from SCTV and of course from uh, Splash and all these great movies and I really loved his work from SCTV because that's the show that I thought Influenced, spoke directly yeah. to me and I was nervous to meet John Candy and then he was exactly what I talked about he was everything yeah. I wanted him to be plus another 60% right. of John Candy. He was, he and, and it was almost like I had a camera and he was performing for it. And even in just when it was just the two of us yeah. walking around this college campus, he'd be like, hey kid, look over there, oh you know? And I was like, God. oh my God, he was, and I always thought that was just such a great gift. Yeah. Um, when he passed away, which I think was like in 1994 or something or 95, I. I was so depressed because mm-hmm. I thought I really wanted to close the circle and have him on my sh- late mm-hmm. night show. And, um, and, uh, and 
just feeling like uh, he was this magical person yeah. who I just I, I love meeting those people and they're out there yeah. and um, you know clearly you've had the experience of you meet a Tom Hanks or something and, and first time I met him which was years and years and years ago at Turnout Live he was everything you'd want him to be plus sixty yeah. percent yes just oh my God he really is this person he's another person I met at your house. Thank you for that. I just have- You have cool parties. Well, it's because of the podcast now. Yeah. It started out as Conan O'Brien needs a friend. And then we just- And when when people leave, I make them sign a piece of paper that they have to go to my house on a certain (laughs) night. I shouldn't even say this, but it was was very funny. I- and feel free to cut this out if it's too nasty. But you, <laughs> no, that means keep it in. Uh, you and my husband Jason, and who, by the way, just a shout out, yeah. uh, your husband uh, Jason, a, a very uh, usually I'm angered by a, a good-looking man. Uh, he's a very good-looking, uh, but also a very cool and funny person. Yeah. Who and so I wasn't angered by his good looks. He, that's great. That's great. He, yeah, he's. I still fought him uh, and lost, right. but uh, Badly. I, <laughs> very and quick. Silently, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're you're lovely to him. He he likes you so much. You, this is a this is a, a friendship for real. Um, but it was it was a, a cool moment where you you sort of you took me and Jason and said, "Come come hang out by the um by the fire." And it was you and Adam Sandler and Jack McBrayer. Tom Hanks was talking to someone else, but you you kind of included us in this cool dudes group, which was really sweet. And we were talking. Jack and Jason and you and I were talking about how hilarious the the term <laughs> fucking and sucking is. Yes. <laughs> Laugh. It's funny. It's it's such a weird, insane thing for people to say. No, I I I I, I don't remember this conversation particularly because I talk about this so often. <laughs> but but I'm telling you, I've always you know I, I always thought it was hilarious when people go like, man, it was crazy. I mean, there was fucking, fucking and, and sucking. sucking, and you're like, what? <laughs> So we were truly talking about how funny this thing is. And then Tom, sweet man, Hanks comes over and says, what are you guys talking about? <laughs> and the first thing I say is fucking insane. So my, my, unfortunately, my first word is to yeah. this American, you know, world. Yeah, our Jimmy, our, uh-huh. our Jimmy Stewart, the, the, the two-time Oscar winner yes. uh, and, and probably America's greatest treasure. And the first time you meet him, <laughs> what are you guys talking about? Fucking insane. <laughs> It was, it was terrible and wonderful. Yeah. He's game, though. He was fun. He was. He was oh, lovely. yeah. He can't be stunned. Yeah. Uh, let's take a quick break. We'll okay. be right back. And we're back. Did you like that, that was break? So quick. <laughs> Listeners, you have no idea. You have no idea how quick that was. It was literally the same breath. You think it was something else because there was probably a freaking commercial about mattresses. Or, or fracture, fracture prints. Fracture prints. Where you either on glass. Yes. I don't know if we still do those no, anymore. No, it's been months. It's, good, it's, we good. We haven't done one. Maybe they for can't a afford while. us anymore. <laughs> <laughs> suck it, fracture. Fuck it and suck it. Yeah. <laughs> That's disgusting. Yeah. yeah. What's your Sona? problem, what Sona? Is doing? Oh, Sona. Sona. Sorry. Tom Hanks is in the booth. Sona. It's our first show edited and mixed by Tom Hanks and, and Dame Judy Dench. And you whip out the fucking and sucking. Oh my God. You whipped out the fucking and sucking. You absolutely whipped out the fucking and sucking. My God. Now, let me ask you something. Okay. You're a Darcy, but with a D apostrophe. Right. How does that happen? Is that a shortening of another word? Is your real name like Dia Rotharsi? It is now. Uh, my real name is D A R C Y. Cool. All okay. Right. <laughs> then in junior high, I became obsessed with the band Smashing Pumpkins. And the bassist for Smashing Pumpkins has an apostrophe in her Darcy yes. name. Oh, that's right. And I truly just started doing it. That's the end of that story. That's great. I literally just put an apostrophe in my name in junior high and never stopped <laughs> ever. And um, That's great that yeah. you had the presence of mind to know this needs an adjustment. Oh, wait. The bass player for yeah. the Smashing Pumpkins has jammed an apostrophe in there. Then so shall exactly. I. Exactly, and she was cool as hell. I mean, I was a real like grunge head when I was in junior high, as we all were in this room. I can see, <laughs> um, and um, so yeah, it was like she was the ultimate cool girl, and I, you know, wanted to be that. Um, uh, 
what was I going to say? But my parents, you know, thought it was very silly and I think still do. And my mom's, my mom's way of making fun of me is to put an apostrophe in M apostrophe O M. Oh, like, you know. <laughs> I was thinking I want to do it with Conan. You could. Conan. Yeah. My mom also said that I was sort of named after Joan of Arc, Joan D apostrophe A-R-C, Arc, Joan de Arc, oh, right. French shit. And so I was kind of like, you <laughs> you made me do this. <laughs> I don't know if I was really named after Joan of Arc, mom, but now I'm going to rub it in Just go with yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've asked, people have asked me why I'm Conan. I mean, and I say my dad just wanted me to have a very simple but unu- but distinctive name. And it he is. And he went and he didn't know anything about the comic books. He went and he just researched and found this old name that was kid never heard before. And uh, I've looked it up in Gaelic and it means like wide face. <laughs> it, I wanted it to That's mean like, great. I wanted it to mean like courage. Of course. Or integrity. Right. But, but no. Big fat face. Fat, fat face. Uh, you got, when you were studying acting, you got this advice, because uh, I've done my research. Oh boy. That you should, um, you should try and do as many, learn as many different skills as possible. And I'm curious if that was something that helped you at all. I mean, I haven't yeah. quite heard that. Right, this is probably from, I remember in theater school, I went to school in Southern, or at Southern Oregon University. And there was a big Shakespeare um, festival like down the street. And sometimes the professional Shakespearean actors would come talk to us. And one of the guys, this actor named Anthony Heald, who you would sort of recognize from from things, Silence of the Lambs and other things. And he was like a real big star in Oregon because he had been, his face had been on screen. And um, <laughs> and he was sort of, he talked to this group of, of theater majors and was like, get out. <laughs> he was like, don't do this. Like do everything else. I mean, like do plays and learn how to be an actor, but also do everything else and learn how to do everything else. It'll make you a way better actor. And for some reason that really stuck with me. Now, I think he probably meant like, get, be smart, <laughs> like yeah. learn history and stuff. And I didn't do that, but <laughs> I, I did try to, you know, uh, like anything that interests you, I think he, I, I took that to me, like really dive into that. And, and So it's not like you would say, oh, I'm going to learn how to make a, a lasso right. and, and rope a calf just to know how to do it. But you would just try and have different experiences, yeah. different life experiences. Yeah. Although things like roping, uh, lassoing a calf, I like, here's an example, maybe. Um, the show I'm shooting right now, A League of Their Own for mm-hmm. Amazon.com. Ever heard of it? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, we, it, we're we're going to remove that plug. Great. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> There's, no one's ever going to hear that. Yeah. So for League of Their Own, we ha- you know, we have to play baseball. And there's like a lot of swing dancing and there's a lot of uh, uh, 40s stuff. Right. And, and I do think that things like taking dance lessons and, and playing baseball and, and playing sports and, and all of that helped me and the other actors so much. I'm trying to think of like my favorite people that have, I mean, Ted Danson is one. He's like, I mean, he's been working forever, but like you've talked to him. Yeah. He just has story, like so many wonderful stories from his childhood and from his, you know, uh, playing basketball. And all, he just has, he's just full of stories. He's also, he's one of these uh, lovely. Pieces of sh- oh. <laughs> what were you going to say? say? I, was I was gonna, gonna say, <laughs> pieces <lovely>. of shit. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, anyway, we'll go with your story. Uh, no, he is uh, such a lovely guy, and he's been—he uh, has had this unprecedented string of like. I mean, I remember seeing him in, you know, Body Heat and the Onion right, Field, right, and right. being like, "Who's that guy?" Yeah. I mean, this is in the late seventies. He's in movies, and he's great. Pre-Cheers, you were Pre- already right, and then Cheers is enough for anybody. Right. And then you look at all these different ways that he just keeps popping up again, yeah. and that's one of the things I loved about the. The uh, the good place is that he was, it was such a great part for him to show this other side of himself, he's so, you know. And he's the mo- he's amazing. I love I love that man so much as a person, as an actor. He is one of my one of my very favorite people. Um, I'm he's so inspiring. He also is when we were doing the Good Place towards the end. He was like, the next thing you do has to be as far away from Janet as possible. Right. And I was like. I'll do whatever the fuck you say, man. <laughs> like if I could have a, a, a fraction right. of your career, you know, like just the different characters he's played and the choices he's made. And, you know, he's, he's, he seems very unafraid 
I, I love, I love, I love, I love Ted Danson. Well, I'm excited about your new project where you play a robot named Janice. Yeah, Janice. <laughs> um, on the good life. <laughs> by Mike Schwab. Sure, sure. <laughs> Meek Schwab. <laughs> yeah, I had an experience with Ted Danson. This is apropos of nothing. Please. But, uh, where this we, is what friends do. We're you're friends. right. We're friends <laughs> we now. Talk. Yay. We, uh, my, my wife and kids and I, uh, there's this uh, sushi restaurant that's very good, but they, you know, you got to wait mm-hmm. and everyone has to wait. And it's, uh, it's actually, it's, there's no like, oh, that person's right. famous. They get to cut ahead. Nope. Um, I'm pretending I think that's cool, but I don't actually. And I, I think it's terrible. God, I think celebrities are celebrities for a reason. Uh, what the fuck? Uh, but anyway, no. Um, so you have to wait for a long time and then you get your seat and it was like a Friday night. Right. And we finally got our seat and we're sitting there and my kids are really happy. My wife's happy. We really love this place. It's, it's amazing. And we're eating our food and we're only like about, we're just starting our meal when we see uh, Ted Danson come in to ask, to put his name down and they clearly tell him, yeah, it's going to be like an hour. Yeah. And I see Ted Danson going like, oh, um, should I wait? Right. I don't know if I can wait an hour. Uh, and he's with his wife and, you know, you're like, uh, and they're conferring, should we wait an hour? And I had this thought of, I'm sitting there yeah. and they're just bringing me my sushi. And I thought, it's not right that I should get to sit. <laughs> I was actually having this thought. Right. His body of work is so much, so much greater. I shouldn't get to sit and eat fish that is denied Ted Danson. Right, right. I'm sitting, he's standing, I'm right. eating it. He doesn't, he doesn't get his for an hour. And I thought for a second, I wonder if I should just tell him, come take my seat instead. Tap out. And then I thought, no, <laughs> this is really good fish. <laughs> I am enjoying my sushi. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, whatever. Right. Okay. Yeah, you know, he'll fucking eat he can get, a, else. get a pizza. Yeah. You know, there's a pizza hut down the street. <laughs> so I think I made the right call. Did you say hi to him? Uh, I did. Yeah. And he's he, another He's another big bird in sunglasses, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I went up to him and said hi. And he was, of course, uh, very nice. Um, and uh, Mary's so lovely. And then he did the thing where he said hi to my kids. And again, because uh, they're good place fans, yeah. they're like, I can't believe. That's the nice thing about one thing I'm very happy about with my kids is they live out here in Los Angeles, but they- I could give the address. Do your fans want to know? Yeah, I think they, and you know, <laughs> fans should come by. Fans should come by and I should welcome by. But I I, uh, I live on the island of Catalina with my, with my family in a, um, uh, an A-frame house, um, but uh, sort of a Swiss chalet, which is incongruous in Catalina. But anyway- they they don't they're not jaded. No. So meeting you or meeting Ted Danson, it's like oh my god, they just came out of our TV. They're not like yeah, right, right. I know you're in the business. Right, right, right. Jump, jump. <laughs> you know, what uh, are they eating? Uh, pure entitlement. <laughs> pure, <laughs> no, they are. That's pure enti- burritos made of entitlement. <laughs> Delicious. Yeah. Oh, this is good. <laughs> of course we have this because we should have it. They are very normal, very cool kids. Yeah. yeah. They, you guys have done a great job. Well, I haven't met them in a long time. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll, when I see them, I'll tell them that you say hi. So who are the people that you've uh, met yeah. that, like you mentioned meeting Catherine O'Hara, oh, like God. people where you think, oh, this person speaks to me. Yeah. This is, you know, uh, some of the actors that you've met, some of the improvisers you've met. Like it was a big, Catherine O'Hara Catherine, was a- Catherine O'Hara was a big one in, I, I was, I love her so much that I didn't want to meet her. There's a few like that. Like I remember Maya Rudolph and Lisa Kudrow, and Jennifer Aniston, actually, all these are a lot of them are women and funny women. And I, um, when I'm at a place where they are, I don't want to meet them. That's the the feeling is like, please don't introduce me. This is this is that's bad. interesting. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I was at a birthday party years ago, maybe six years ago, that Maya Rudolph was at, and and we, and we left. <laughs> we literally left. You're kidding. And I, I love her so deeply, and so it's it's so important to me. That I that I was like this this isn't the way this can't be the way, um, and I even think when she when she guest starred on or you know when she was on years of the Good Place the first day she was on set it was I think all I did was say hello and then you know no conversation and it took it took a minute and now we're great friends but it you know it it when I these women like it is a lot of women Catherine O'Hara Lisa Kudrow right ever heard of her yes I have okay uh, she was in. Which one is it? Um, I can't remember the name of it, but I know it was. They're, they live in an apartment. I don't think so. Okay. <laughs> Thinking of something else. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. she um, did okay. Yeah, she did. Um, 
these women that I I that are so important and influential to me and and uh are my absolute heroes like right. like like um superheroes. Yeah. The the idea that they could maybe not be nice or that they could not like me or that I could say some stupid shit and they kind of look at me like, hmm. Like I want to be included. I want to be part of their club so bad that it is terrifying to meet them. Right. And guess what? All the women that I just met, Molly Shannon, are the nicest, the nicest people. on. They're all, I'm going ticking through my head. Lovely people. Two of one. I do feel like we're in some sort of golden age of some of the funniest people you know, and across the spectrum, like, you know, you, you look at a broad city, you look yeah. at, there's so many shows where you look at everybody and you think these people are just funny to a point where I'm not, I don't, I'm not conscious. Obviously I'm conscious of their gender, right. but it is not part of the equation. I, and I think we're getting there. I think there's of course so much work still to do, but I mean, even in the time that I've sort of been in comedy from, you know, post-college discovering the Upright Citizens Brigade and being, uh, you know, like wanting to be on that stage so badly. And, and you know, let's say watching an improv team full of 10 people and, and one was a girl. You, you know, usually yep. it was like one or two. Right. And that has changed so much. It, 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 yeah, I remember, God, it put so much pressure on those girls to be, I remember being in the audience and as a girl, as a woman thinking, you better be funnier than those guys. Like you have, you can't just be like, right. You have to be funnier. Otherwise I, I, it was, it was so much pressure when we sort of started and, and, you know, think of all the, the women before us, us, you and me. <laughs> I identify as a woman. I know. I mean, uh, biologically I've, I the, te- know. the tests have come back and it's. I know. They. Everybody knows Conan. Everybody knows in this room. I was raised as a girl. <laughs> <laughs> My mother always wanted a girl. <laughs> She raised me as one. Uh, but yes, I think we are we're heading that way towards not thinking like funny for a girl or like, huh, she actually is funny. Like we're there's there's so much proof, right? That there proof? You know what I mean? Like the the, the, the mm, I haven't seen enough proof yet. <laughs> we're getting Tell there. me more about these funny women. Yeah, I'd like to see the data. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I uh I do think we're, you know, it's there's always much farther to go, yes. but and I'm, all, I'm I think I'm a 51 percent optimist uh, most times, which is hard to be in, in this in these days yeah. that we're in right now. But I still remain a 51 percent optimist. Me too, maybe. I think that's right. 51 percent. It's it's hard. <laughs> it's hard. Oh God, it's so hard. Yeah, yeah. It's hard. All will be well, said the idiot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All will be well. Let's talk about Bill Hader for a second. I know that you worked, I mean, before yeah. you you hit with The Good Place, you were working for Bill. Yeah. One of, one of the many jobs that I had back in New York, you know, again, doing improv at night. One of my day jobs was babysitting, nannying. Mm-hmm. And I- my 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 goal with nannying was to just have a bunch of families, like maybe ten or fifteen families, so that nobody could really count on me, so that I could just <laughs> call in sick or I could say I'm busy that day, right? If I had an audition or just didn't want to. Um, but then when I started babysitting for Bill and Maggie's oldest daughter when she was a, a wee babe, six months or so, I fell in love with her so instantly, yeah, that I I bailed on all the other families and just babysat for them every day. I became yeah. their full-time nanny. But I, I think one of the things that I, I think uh, says a lot about you is I know for a fact that you were never saying to Bill or Maggie, hey, by the way, here's my tape. Right. Here's You never did that, which I think takes, uh, shows a lot of character. Mm-hmm. I mean, not that you, not that it would have been wrong right. for you to do that, but I just think that shows an unusual amount of character. Thank you for saying that. Thank you. I, I like, I think I, it was, I, I was so, I just did not want to cross that line at all. Right. I, they were so important to me and are so important to me. And I know that that's like a great way to, you know, I, I also have a hard time like asking for things, right? Yes. So, yeah. so thank you for saying it shows character. Cause I also am like, does it show weakness? I mean, no, I know. No, no, it shows character. Yeah. And I'll tell you something else. There's a kind of, there's a kind of acting teacher that tells their students, here's what you got to do. Mm-hmm. Anyone you see who's re- remotely related to yeah. the business, get in their face and say, I'm the one, see? Here's my picture, see? Here's my resume, see? And then when you see them again, get in their face again and follow them around and and put things in their mailbox. And um, 
I say no. I do too. And I will tell you that over the years at, you know, Late Night or any of the different shows I've done, we've had interns quietly did their work, weren't pushing themselves in any way, and they've gone on to these big careers. Um, uh, Mitch McConnell. Uh, <laughs> was an intern for our show. A great intern. Yeah, he's yeah. fucking amazing, amazing. terrific yeah. intern, and um, and hot as hell. Hot as hell. Uh, uh, I know you shouldn't say that about your interns, but no, no, no. I was actually told to stop spending so much time with him. That I was putting my hands on his shoulders too much. But um, yeah, you didn't suddenly become aware of your ability shortly before you did the Good Place. You know that. You have it in you somewhere, but you're modest. You're, but you just you have some sense of it, so you're not going to pull this shtick uh-huh. on people and say, "Hey, I left a flyer under right. your windshield wiper. Right. You should check it out." You know, I, which I, I that's where I think it comes from. I so strongly believe in like doing the work and and putting your head down. And in my case, across the board, not just with the good place, but truly, I think you were sort of saying this earlier. In my whole entire life, things have happened for me later than I wanted them to. Mm -hmm. And it's sort of like proven to be the way my life works, but in a way that is good. Right. And so I've been like rewarded, I guess, for not asking for things, but for just sort of chugging along and and working really hard, right? Also, I think there's a quality, I think it's a, a sign of a kind of an emotional intelligence that I recommend to people out there, which is, if you, if you keep your head down and you do your, and do the work, and this isn't just in comedy, this is just across yeah. the board, what happens is, and you don't ask for attention, people will start to seek you out. Yeah. People will start to say, wait a minute, who's that? Right. And because over the years I've had, you know, I've gotten onto elevators. I got onto an elevator once and an intern jumped on. It was a guy, jumped on just as the doors were about to shut. Uh. And we start to go down and he turned to me and he went, hey, Conan, you, me, right now, we grab a beer. What do you say? Oh, God. And um, again, Mitch McConnell. Yes. And uh, <laughs> and we did. And, and I just... suggested maybe control the Senate. <laughs> uh, and he did. So, uh, no, but, out. <laughs> no, but that was such a, oh, okay, that's, that's the wrong move. Mm-hmm. I know that sometimes someone's going to tell you that's the right, right. move. But the but the right move is do a really great job, and then I will say, hey, wait a minute, yes. who is that? I, that person, whenever they're around, I see them hustling. Yeah. They always do a great job. There's an opening. Let's move them yes. up. Be undeniable and have patience. I think would be like the advice I would give myself at 18 or whatever. Well, then Hitler followed that too. Oh well, he and I have something else in common. <laughs> it's undeniable. I mean, Jesus. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's line one. So first page of Mein Kampf is be undeniable and have patience. What the hell? What's wrong with you? What's not wrong with me? What? what? I don't. How was the last time you, you did an improv? Um, <laughs> so are you doing improv now? I'm doing improv now. Where? Um, Where can I see you do improv? And yeah, right, of- don't lie. No, seriously, and yell things out. Okay, um, I do improv at... The Upright Citizens Brigade in Los Angeles, California. Yeah, but there are more than one location. Yeah, that's true. I do it both places, Sunset and Franklin. Hmm. Um, but if I go to Franklin, you're at Sunset. Well, or conversely, I go to Sunset and you're at Franklin. <laughs> Text me. Oh, I you see. don't have my number. Nor oh. will I give it to you. <laughs> um, <laughs> Why did you become an old witch? I don't know. <laughs> You'll never get my number. <laughs> um, but I, you know, I uh, I get to do improv with with some of my favorite people, some of my old friends. Um, you know, people that you know and love, and yeah. the, your Zach Woodses and your um, your Zach Abby Woods. Jacobsons, and Abby it's Jacobson. oh, you hate them? These are, I mean, they're not my favorite people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're on my list of least favorite people. Your Drew Tarvers. Oh my God, don't get me started. <laughs> no, I, uh, lovely people yeah. and very funny. Like one of the things that I think is in your, definitely in your skill set, you have a, a lot going on in your skill set, but you have this quality where when you said you're going to be in this movie that, that takes place in the 40s playing baseball, I thought you seem to be this, to me, to be this person who could play any era. Is that, you know That's what I mean? Awesome. No, but I mean, you don't have this like very specific 2020 look. Right. 
you are a very attractive person who can be anywhere. Like, I feel like you could be in a movie about Salem. Uh-huh. I think you could be in a night, in a, you, do you know what I mean? You yeah. Could, do you have that sense of that's, yourself? Like, I, I'm, that's so nice of you. Uh, I was so worried, you know, doing League of Their Own that I would, once I got into the costume or the hair and makeup that I would look like, you know, Darcy Card in 2000, whatever year this is. And, um, when I showed a picture to my husband, Jason, he was like this. I feel like I'm looking at an old picture, right. it, which is great. Right. I think it's my big nose. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That's not what I thought. Okay. I feel like you're this. Uh, I, I think you were able to inhabit like you have this classic look, but you can sort of time shift. I think you could time shift and be sort of in any era. I hope that's true. That's that's exciting to even hear. I don't, I you know, I don't really know what the hell I look like because it's hard to see ourselves. But if you say it, then I'll believe it. I know exactly what I look like. <laughs> <laughs> and I've got some uh, complaints. Uh, but there's nothing we can do now. The work hasn't taken. Um, I think we're, uh, we, our time has come to No, today. no. Yeah. More? No, no, no. Well, it's up to you guys. No, no, no. Come Listen. on. Let's not be crazy. All right. We're going to add one more thing. At okay. the Christmas party, yeah. at one point, I don't know if you had had a drink or two. You had. Uh, yeah. No, I hadn't, actually. Oh, not I was sure. completely dry at that the, party. But think of the year before. Oh, the year oh. before, I was actually on heroin. <laughs> but, um, but you reached up. And you felt the muscle that oh, runs yeah. from my neck to my arm. Yes. To my shoulder. What? What is your deal? Well, well, You're I wanna... ripped as hell, homie. Oh, hey. <laughs> I, I can't believe that's what came up when nope. I asked that question. Okay. No, you really are. Uh, uh, You're so you guys, meaty. I'm looking around the room. <laughs> because, so so meaty. because I was at a party what? and an attractive woman put her hand on Who? me. Yeah. Uh, you. Okay. Also, this show was me. wrapped up and then I you know. You it. wanted to keep us going guys, for does that. He, does he this take his shirt off a lot? Uh, no, no. I can't. No, but, sometimes? but you, but you yeah. reached up and you started to like identify the muscle and yeah. say, "Oh, you've been doing some work yeah. here. You've been doing some work there." Yeah, I, it was ropey. <laughs> it was ropey. a ropey muscle. Ropey muscle. Yeah. So you so, know what it was? What? It was a rope that I put. In <laughs> <laughs> but you're you're taking care of yourself, and that's good. Well, we I just wanted it, right? to. I don't know how we got on this topic. I don't. I, brought I it know up, exactly I how, no. we how we got on this topic. How on it? What happened? Because you brought it up. I don't think so. You led her exactly to this point. Yeah. not sure. And you should yeah. be ashamed of yourself. <laughs> I think we were almost done and Darcy said, how Let's come no talk one talks about, about your, your body? Oh, yeah. And no. your muscles. I don't yeah. remember Wasn't that. Wasn't that what happened? I don't remember Can that Can we insert that later on? Wait, here, I'll do it. Ready? Yeah. Okay. Wait, before we go, Conan, <laughs> this is crazy, but how come nobody talks about your body? Oh my God. <laughs> well, well, now you, and yes, we'll just, we can insert that earlier. Yeah, I'll, I'll make sure that happens. Uh, I am, uh, I'm a huge fan uh, of you as a uh, performer and as a person and um, stop making those faces. I just, it's, it's crazy. (laughs) I mean, I, I, thank you so much. And this is, I mean, I was, let me say this. Oh yeah. Thank you so much for saying that. It is wild to me that you even know my name and you've been so lovely to me since we, since we met again recently. Mm -hmm. And thank you for being such, um, a supporting fan of The Good Place and for being so lovely to me. It means the fucking world to me, Conan. That's sweet. It, it is, I, I, it's a bigger deal than you probably realize. Well, uh, if I admitted that I knew it was a big deal for you, I'd be a total asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Ew. Uh, see, there's nothing I can do. Yeah. Uh, but um, but I but I will uh, I will say this that uh, it's this is a good example of why I love doing this podcast so much is that you and I have encountered each other many times and it's always really fun and funny, but this is, I mean, if this didn't air and it will, it will go out there. But if for some reason they said afterwards, oh yeah, this didn't go out, I would say I got to have a great time with Darcy today and really download with her and connect. And so, and you have a great aura. Like I feel better now. I think whatever disease was in my body has now fled. (laughs) So I thank you for that. Thank you, Conan. Thank you for having me. I do love this podcast and actually listening to it feels like that too. It feels like you're just having a fun conversation with whoever the hell. Um, so I'm, I'm thrilled to be on it. Um, Hey guys, thanks for listening at home. This is <laughs> Or in your car. Or in your car? Yeah. Or on the Stairmaster. Mm. <laughs> I hope they're not listening on the Stairmaster. <laughs> I loathe that machine. All right. Good night everybody. Bye. On this very episode, you mentioned something very specific about an experience you had with John Candy, right? Yes. Where he um, came to Harvard, I believe, while you were there, and you spent the day kind of showing him around. Yep, is that right? that's right. 
So his son, Chris, happens to be an acquaintance of mine, and during this pandemic had some time on his hands and was going through old photos and sent me a photo of you that John Candy apparently took when he was there. Oh! Yeah, you know what? Uh, it's because I also got to know John Candy's daughter, and, and, and she may have had a copy of the same photo, but I, I really want to see this. This could be different. I'm emailing it to you right now, and I can't believe this little guy in this photo. Okay. And it's oh just this. Oh, look at that guy. Wiry little guy in a tweed well, I wasn't, sport coat. You're being very unnecessarily angry and hostile. Tweed. I remember that jacket. It's made of cardboard. <laughs> <laughs> that was a time. My God, look at that guy. I, I We got to put this out online. Yeah, we'll put this out so everybody can see it. So John Candy, I think, took this picture and I am... I look, you know, I'm, it's slightly evocative of if you've seen uh, 16 Candles. Uh, Anthony, Anthony Michael, Michael Hall. Hall. I've, got, I've got an Anthony Michael Hall. I think I have the same body uh, as Anthony Michael Hall in that movie. Not now, because he got really bulked up. Yeah, I look like I weigh about 140 pounds. But you can see a kindness. Yeah, where did that go? Yeah, I see so it. so nice. Yeah. What a nice boy. Well, they kicked that shit out of me in the 90s. <laughs> is is this the photo that John Candy's daughter gave you, or is this no, one you've never no. seen before? Uh, the one she gave me is different. It's me uh, in the yard, Harvard Yard, but I think I'm wearing the same outfit. Uh, it all took place in one day, and trust me, I had one outfit. I wore <laughs> one shirt and one pair of pants and one pair of Adidas sneakers through most of college. So... What's that hissing sound? It's, uh, Tack, I think there's an alarm going off or something. No, it's okay, Sona. If there is a fire, just keep broadcasting, okay? This is important. (laughs) Should we evacuate our home? I'm sorry. It's okay. This is all going to be in the podcast, I hope. No, I hope not. Yeah, I think so, because what you're hearing now is Sona. Because of quarantine, we're all in our own homes. There's an alarm that keeps going on. It is our it's our it's our smoke detector and it No, that is a hummus detector. That means you guys are Jesus. you guys are having way too much hummus. Why did you have a hummus detector that you know that's going to be going off all the time? Here's the problem. I would be so offended by that, but we have so much hummus. I know house. you do. That's why it's not an ethnic slam. It is a true description. I've never seen anyone eat as much hummus as you. I love hummus. You had a car once that was made of dried hummus. Remember that? And you yeah, used to- Conan, I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> That's good improv. Yes, and. Remember Your that- beeping is making my cat meow. She's going crazy right now. <laughs> Can sorry. you guys hear that? Yeah. Well, Tax saying now that it's the carbon monoxide detector. So this might be a problem. Yeah, I've been noticing uh, your speech has been a little slurred. I just thought you had an edible, but it turns <laughs> out it's carbon monoxide. Oh, and there's your dog. Okay, right now I can see this on Zoom. Sona's in her home in a place called Calles Noches, uh, which probably north of, I think, Arizona. But she's holding her dog, Loki, right? Oki. Your dog is Loki. My dog is Oki. Oh, my manager takes care of these things. And then- <laughs> what thing? Wait, what things? Just all, like any animal I might own. Uh, my manager hires people to pet them and care for them and know their names. Uh, tell us about your cats there, Gorley. What's going on with your cats? Oh, it's just one. It's, it's, uh, though she acts like she's many. Margo, the fat guy, she's obsessive about food and she's a nightmare, but she's gorgeous and she knows it. Is it true that you, you're the only person I know that has a vintage cat? <laughs> she does seem like it. You're, you're such. You're, you went and got a. It's so true. You went and got a vintage uh, 1940s cat. You got it. At, you got it at the Rose Bowl swap meet, and it came in the original packaging. She does. She's out of another time. Yeah. She's unbelievable. I've never known a cat like this. But yeah. she found us. We didn't even find her. Matt Gorley drinks vintage milk. He buys milk that was uh, made. Made in the twenties. Vintage yeah. milk. Vintage milk. Yeah, it's got all the diseases in it that milk had back then that killed sixty percent of young people. <laughs> oh man, pre-depression milk is the best. <laughs> uh, anyway, thanks to Chris Candy, the son of John Candy. Yes, uh, lot, roundabout way, and a big shout out to Chris Candy. Uh, God, I loved 
loved your dad. He was such a special person to me uh, comedically. And then when I got to meet him, he was an absolute delight. So everything I've heard about John Candy is how nice he is. And Chris seems just as nice as his father. They That's just cool. seem like wonderful people. Well, I'd yeah. like to I'd like to meet him in person someday if if you can if you can arrange it and just thank him for finding that photo. That's so cool. Will do. See? Proof that I'm nice. You don't have to say it though. You know what? That's the problem. I, you know what yeah. the problem is? The fact that I said that afterwards. <laughs> yeah. 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 And that laugh doesn't help. Yeah, we had a nice moment. <laughs> yeah. Um oh my god, that alarm is still going off in Sona's home. I That's really not like a carbon monoxide. No, it's, it's it, it, no, it is. No, it, it's a this is a different monitor. This one detects too much product in your hair. <laughs> it goes off constantly. <laughs> Come on, you have a Yankee candle melted in there. What's going on? Ugh, I, you know what? I, I just hate when I don't have anything because I do put a lot of product in my hair. I know that. I just don't like it when you acknowledge it. It doesn't make me feel good. If you're ever trapped in a cave, you could light it on fire and it would burn for probably six years and get you out. Yeah, you know? I could light my head on fire. Well, Is that what you're saying? I'm saying you're walking around with a torch coated in wax. You should be very, you're always ready for any emergency. You know what? It keeps going off when you're talking. I feel like it's a dick detector. <laughs> it's a what detector? It's a dick detector. <laughs> we had, oh. you know what, Sona, to be fair, we had a dick detector in my home and it was just a constant, it wasn't even a beep, beep, beep. It was a all the time. And then Liza said, what is this? And they said, it's a dick detector. And she said, don't you know who I'm married to? And they went, oh, we're sorry. And, and they took it out. <laughs> and I've is seen... this what my cat is responding to? <laughs> Being <know>. a dick? <laughs> All right, let's get out of here. All right, well, uh, wherever you are, John Candy, thank you for one of the better days in my life. I do appreciate it. Conan O'Brien needs a friend. With Sonam Obsessian and Conan O'Brien as himself. Produced by me, Matt Gorley. Executive produced by Adam Sachs and Jeff Ross at Team Coco and Colin Anderson and Chris Bannon at Earwolf. Theme song by The White Stripes. Incidental music by Jimmy Vivino. Our supervising producer is Aaron Blair and our associate talent producer is Jennifer Samples. The show is engineered by Will Beckton. You can rate and review this show on Apple Podcasts and you might find your review featured on a future episode. Got a question for Conan? Call the Team Coco hotline at 323-451-2821 and leave a message. It too could be featured on a future episode. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever fine podcasts are downloaded. This has been a Team Coco production in association with Earwolf. <laughs>